0: All right, well welcome again. It is great to have you here with us today. My name is Brian Wiles. I'm one of the pastors here I haven't got the opportunity to meet you or know you love to do that after the service. And uh, as we mentioned, today is Vision Sunday. So today is an opportunity for us to kind of pull out of the normal series that we do, the normal type of Sunday that we have, and uh, spend some time just talking about the mission and vision of our church. Next week, we're going to jump into a nine or ten week series over the book of James. And so we're excited to jump into that. But before we do We kind of have this discipline every January of spending some time, again, talking about what really matters around here at our church. And kind of the heartbeat behind Vision Sunday is this truth that that you experience in all of life. And the truth is that that everyone, every organization, every church, every person— we all end up going somewhere, right? We all end up moving in some direction throughout the course of our life, throughout the course of a year. But very few people, very few organizations, sometimes sadly even very few churches end up going someplace intentionally with the purpose, believing that God is taking them in that direction. And so Vision Sunday is our opportunity to kind of stop and recenter us, and remind us on who we are, and the mission that we believe that God has called us to advance and continue to move forward. So if you are been around H2O, it's not necessarily about sharing a bunch of new information, or things that are that are brand new, or new goals, but it's, it's about reminding us of who we really are. The Bible talks a lot about the importance of vision. One of the verses, it's a pretty famous verse, is found in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. It says, Uh, where vision lacks, people uh, run unrestrained or people perish. And, And it's this reality that we really need vision in order to find that purpose that God is calling us to within our lives. And so vision is extremely important for us to have that purpose and that meaning that every single one of us is longing for. But I think especially this year, more than ever, vision isn't only important for us to to find that purpose that God's calling us to, but it's important for us to stay unified, isn't it? I mean, as we think about the world around us, as we think about all the things that are going on in our world, it will be tempting for us in this year to chase down different paths rather than to stay focused on what God has called us to. And so we need a common mission and vision for the body of Christ, the family of God, to stay unified around what truly matters. Now, I was thinking about this example with my family. And uh, us pastors, we talk a lot about our families here. And one of the things that, that my family, we try to do semi regularly is just get like a family night together, get time together. And especially during this season, um, our kids are all doing online school. So we're together a lot, but we're also not together like intentionally all that often. And so throughout the, the course of a month, we'll say, you know, we're going to have a family night together. And, and what inevitably happens in our family, we love. Each other, right? We're we're super close. We care for each other. Of course, that's that's part of being a family. But what oftentimes happens when we have these family nights is we'll go out to dinner. And as soon as we we'll all get in our our van, yes, we have a minivan. Uh, as soon as we all get in our, our van, we'll we'll start saying, well, "Where do you guys want to go?" Where do you want to eat? And one person will say, I want pizza. Another person will say, I want a cheeseburger. Another person will say, I want Mexican. And so we'll start talking about where we're going to go. And what was supposed to be like this fun family night will sometimes turn into uh, kind of this, this thing that's a little bit divisive, this thing that, that sometimes we end up bickering with one another. And so my wife will say this to me sometimes when we're in the middle of, of driving and pulling out and starting to, to not agree on things. Brian, I think we need some vision on what we're doing together tonight. I think you need to explain to the kids the importance of us having a family night together. And so I'll have to pull everybody together and say, guys, we love each other. This is our opportunity to spend time with one another and build into one another and encourage one another. And it's a silly example, but even just like having a family night together sometimes needs the vision stated so that we can be unified. And I think the same is true with our church. I think it's important for us to revisit who and what God is calling us to do. Vision Sunday is about two things. It's about explaining why why we exist as a church and how we do what we do. That's a huge part of this Sunday. But secondly, and I want you to hear this just as importantly, it's about inviting our church, which is the people. Not a building, not a service time. It's about inviting our church, all of you, to be part of making this mission and this vision possible. You know, we say this a lot around here at H2O. The church isn't about the pastors or the leadership. The church is all of us together moving forward, the family of God. And so if you're new, you're getting to kind of peek in on on a, a family meeting, so to speak, where we're talking about who we are and what we believe God is calling us to do. And if you've been around here, if this is your church, If you are part of this body, this local body, we want to encourage you to think and listen today and ask the question, how can I help to make this mission and this vision possible? You see, we all got to be invested for the mission to go forward. So here's our our mission statement. If you've been around H2O, you've probably heard us talk about it before. But our mission here at H2O is about inviting people to find and follow Jesus together. If you kind of had to boil down and say, what is H2O all about? We would say we are about inviting people to find and follow Jesus together. And so that mission statement has kind of three different sections to it. First is this idea that we are about inviting people. Our church, we believe that we're supposed to have open doors. We're supposed to be welcoming to people who are coming in. Our goal is not just to be kind of a closed-click group of people who keep the rest of the world outside and, and stay to ourselves, but our goal is that we are inviting and welcoming because we believe that the mission of God and the family of God is something that people are supposed to be added to. And so we're about inviting people, but we're about inviting them to something. And that specific thing is to find and follow Jesus. We're not just a club. We're not just a group of people who get together and sing some songs. Uh, Our church exists to invite people to find Jesus. That's the work of evangelism. That's the fancy word for telling people about Jesus. And and then not just find him, not just praying a prayer and saying that I want to say yes to Jesus, but actually to follow him. The work of discipleship. The work of sacrificing, the work of truly giving our hearts over to the Lord day in and day out. So we invite people to find and follow Jesus, and then we do it together. The third piece of that mission statement is that we do it together. And you know, our, our church, H2O, whether you know this or not, has existed for over 35 years. It's been around for a while. It's had different names. We've met in different places. We started off primarily being a church to reach the campus. And about five years ago, we planted this downtown venue. And so now we're a church both for the campus and And the city of Bowling Green and it's been amazing to see how those two things work together. We love the campus and we love the city but one of the things that's been consistent even though things have looked a lot different and we've had different names and different meeting places over the last 35 years is this idea of community, this idea of togetherness, this idea that we want to do life together and we're going to talk about that a little bit more throughout this message but it is extremely important, and it's a core DNA of who we are. So we're about inviting people to find and follow Jesus together. That is our mission that God has called us to, and so if that is kind of who we are, then then the question of what that looks like or how that plays out it becomes our strategy. So our mission is inviting people to find and follow Jesus, but how do we do that? How, how does that take place? How do we advance the mission that we believe that God has called us to? Well, today I want to talk about these four pieces of our strategy that are important to us and invite you to consider what it would look like for you to continue to partner with us. So I want to share all four pieces of this. The first part of our strategy is that we gather together and worship. So, so one of the ways that we accomplish our mission is that we gather together and worship. We're doing that right now, both online and here uh, in our downtown venue. And in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25, it says this. It says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. You see the the author of Hebrews, he's talking here to uh, this, this church, and he's telling them that the times during 2,000 years ago, Of course, they weren't exactly the same, but there were probably some similar things going on. There were struggles, there were trials, there were uncertainty. And so the author says, listen, even in the midst of uncertainty, don't give up meeting together. Some of you are already doing that. That's a good thing because it allows you to encourage one another as the day of our Lord approaches. Jesus is coming back, and that's still true. Jesus is coming back. So we need to meet together to encourage one another to help us fix our eyes on what really matters. Just thinking about this last year and this being a huge part of our of our strategy, gathering and worship. It was a crazy year for that, wasn't it? I mean, we've met consistently on Sundays in person for the last 35 years. And then last March, we had this crazy thing and, and we've talked about it a lot, but how do you not talk about it, right? It's affecting our world so much where we had this COVID crisis come in March, and I remember when everything started to play out, you know, and and we started to realize that that this was going to be something like we'd never experienced before in in mid-March, and when BGSU kind of shut things down, and then some of the local schools, and we were really praying and debating as a pastoral team and as a church team, what does it look like to be true to this strategy to gather together and worship, but also to care for and protect our, our church family and our community? And so we wrestled with that decision and not knowing uh, how serious and and how deadly COVID could be. We, like about 90% of churches in America in mid-March, chose not to meet in person for an extended period of time. If anybody ever tells you churches don't care about public health, about 90% of churches didn't meet when COVID first hit because we weren't sure what this thing was going to do or how it was going to spread. And I remember during that time, I remember right before we went, um, online only for the first service. I was here kind of just praying through and trying to prepare and think, You know, what would God have us share in this crazy season like none of us had ever been through before? remember kind of being backstage and getting emotional. I don't always get emotional that often, but getting emotional because I love gathering with you people. I love when we can be together in person and realizing that we may not be able to do that for a while, being emotional about it and just thinking, God, what are you going to do in this season? But we've also seen God do some powerful things. I know for me, I'm so thankful for our ability to be together. I'm so thankful now, having to not meet for a couple months in person, to be able to gather together. I'm so thankful for those of you who are joining us online and for our our tech team who's making it possible for us to worship one way or another. It was a crazy year, but at the same time, I think it's made us thankful and hopefully appreciate our ability to be able to gather and worship. You know, it's interesting, I was reading a study this week as I was thinking about this concept. It was a Gallup poll, and it talked about uh, this idea of people gathering together and worship, and it's talking about the mental health of our world right now, right? And there's been a lot that's been talked about within that, and, and the most people say 2020 was a rough year for people's mental health. There was a lot of, of strikes against us as a culture and a society, right? And so most people say 2020 was a pretty rough year for people's mental health. I was reading this Gallup poll though, and it was interesting. It said, while the degree of changes in mental health varied among different groups, the quality declined among every demographic. Okay, So uh, this Gallup poll, a scientific study is saying that the mental health quality of all these different groups had declined last year. It declined among men. It declined among women. It declined among Democrats and Republicans, whites, non whites, rich, poor, and married, unmarried. Every group that you could think of, except those who regularly attended a religious service. The only group of people who said their mental health was better last year than the year before was those who consistently participated either in person or online as part of a worship gathering. Isn't that amazing? To think about. And I think it just gives credibility to this verse in Hebrews that something powerful happens when we gather. And it may look different, and it may feel different, but there's something particularly special about the, the, the family of God gathering together of course, you know, gathering for church isn't like a, a magic genie, you know, that all of a sudden you come and all of a sudden any of your problems go away and, and mental health issues are completely gone. I don't think that's what this study is saying. But when we gather together, it helps us take our eyes off of ourselves. It helps us take our eyes off of everything that's going on in the world. And it helps us fix our eyes on Jesus, the most important thing that we could ever fix our eyes on. And so the church is essential. The church is so important. Something powerful happens when we gather, whatever it looks like. If you're joining us online, if you're joining us in person, we talk a lot about how the church is more than just a a one-hour-a-week service. But something powerful happens in this one-hour-a-week service when we can sing and we can hear God's word and we can see our faith lived out by the people around us. You see, our, our gatherings, they're designed to point us towards Jesus. You know, when we gather here at H2O, it's not a performance. It's not about smoke and mirrors. It's about us turning our attention to God and to his word and worshiping him. And it's about us spurring one another on, realizing everything that's going on in the world and saying, listen, there's something that we're grounded in. There's something that we're rooted in, and that is the gospel. That's what we continue to come back to over and over again. So a huge part of our strategy is that we gather together in worship. And I think and I hope and I pray that this year, more than ever, we realize the importance of that. And I know I'm preaching to the choir. You're with us either online or you're here. So thank you for being here. Our our goal is that we would continue to invite others to partake in this important act of worship, gathering together. Second thing is this, that we belong in community. We belong in community. In Acts chapter 2, Pastor Matt talked about it a couple weeks ago. Talked specifically about this section. In Acts chapter 2, it says that they devoted themselves, in verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts, and they broke bread in their homes, and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. See, we want to be an Acts 2 type of church, where our relationship's go beyond the, the surface level, and we connect around issues that truly matter most. I love that portrait of the early church because they had this community that truly connected them beyond just commonalities of living close to one another or, or being, you know, and same members of the family. The relationship was based on the gospel and the power of knowing God together. Think about this this reality, I'm sure you've you've heard this, but think about this with me for a minute. In some ways, our world is more connected than it's ever been, isn't it? You think about social media, you think about these little pieces of metal that we have in our pocket, you know? In some ways, our world is more connected than it has ever been. If I want to know what you ate for dinner last night, I might be able to go to your Instagram page and find out exactly what you ate and what it looked like, Right? I might be able to find out what movie you watched or if you went on a date last night or if you stayed at home. In some ways, we are more connected than we've ever been before because of the technology that we have. But in other ways, I wonder if you think this is true. I certainly do. In other ways, our world is craving real connection more than ever. Our world is craving substance. Our world is craving this ability to actually talk about what truly matters in life. And sometimes the technology that we have, which there's nothing wrong with it in and of itself, but sometimes it helps us connect, and other times it actually drives us further and further away from each other. But the reality is when we belong in community around the gospel, we start to fulfill and feel alive in the way that God created us to be. You see, humans, human beings, women and men, we were created to be relational beings. At the very core of who we are, God made us to be in relationships. And I'm not just talking about marriage, I'm talking about community with other folks, community where we talk about the things that matter in our lives. We were created to be in relationship because we serve a God who is relational. The Christian God, the God that we worship, the God that we sing to, exists in perfect, eternal unity and community with himself. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. God is a relational God, and us as humans, we were created in the image of God. Therefore, because God is relational, we were created in his image. We are relational at our very core. That's why we crave it. That's why we long for community. That's why we feel lonely when we're not experiencing it in our goal is that we would be a place that can bring people to experience real community based on the real needs that we have in our lives. We dream of being a church where everyone feels welcomed and belongs. We, we, we dream of being a place that invites others in to experience the love of God. We talk about the different ways that we do this. One of the ways is within our groups. We talk about groups all the time because they're a starting point for real community. They're not the end-all, be-all, but they're a starting point for building relationships with other people where you can talk about God's word and you can talk about the joys and the trials that are going on within your life. And so this year, if you're coming around H2O and you haven't got an opportunity to to check out a group and to take a step of faith, because I know that that can be scary, even though we desire to be in community, we also are a little bit afraid of it because we have to put ourselves out there, don't we? but our prayer is that everyone would experience real connection and real community here. And if you haven't checked out a group, we'd love to invite you to do that. We have ones that meet on campus. If you're a student, we have city groups that meet. We have ones that meet online. We have groups that meet in person. And so we'd love you to do that. In fact, uh, we talked about in the announcements, but you don't have to do this right now. But sometime before you leave underneath the, the pews, if you haven't filled out a connection card, we'd love for you to do that so we can update you on all of the ways that you can connect with our church and we can invite you to a group so that you can experience community the way that God intended for it to be experienced. So we gather and worship. We belong in community. Third, we equip and we serve. We equip and we serve. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 and 11, it says, each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others. That right there is a, Uh, that's a a profound statement, isn't it? Because it's countercultural; It's opposite of what the world tells us. Peter says, each of you, you have gifts. So whatever gift you've received, you should use it not for yourself. You should use it to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Our church wants to empower the way that you've been created, the gifts that you have, the passions that God has put on your heart. We want to empower you to use those not for yourself, but for God and for his glory. We want to equip you to serve. And the ways that you're passionate about serving and the ways that you've been gifted you know god made you in such a unique way that's one of the beautiful things about the dignity of every single human being god has made us uniquely valuable and uniquely talented and uniquely passionate and when we all bring those things together not for our good but for god's glory amazing things happen. So we want every person in our church to be able to, to serve at the highest level of their capacity and of their capabilities during this season. You know, if you're a BGSU student and you haven't went through the well yet, uh, Jaden talked about it in our announcements, but the well is a perfect place for you to, to start to get your feet wet and figure out what it could look like to serve. We do a spiritual gifts assessment, try to help match you up and figure out what ways you might be gifted and what ways you can serve. And we get you a, a mentor, so to speak, that can kind of help walk through what, how you can, can be equipped and how you can serve within the church. If, if you're a city member here, in a couple months, we're going to start kind of an informal membership class where we're going to try to equip you and, and give you ways that you can serve and make an impact within this church. You can always join a team, We have tons of different teams, our production team, our our worship team, our H2O kids team, which you have to go through an application and a background check for. You know, we have all these different places and ways that you can serve and make an impact. And that's just here on Sundays. We have so many other ways that you can serve outside of Sundays. We have partnerships with places like The Nest. We have partnerships with Global Connections that welcomes in. Uh, international students we have ways that we're helping people in need within the community there's so many ways for you to use the gifts that God has given you and so our our vision our goal our hope is that you would be praying about and thinking how can i use the way that God has made me to bring god glory more than ever this year we want to come alongside you and make that happen this church is about all of us it truly is about all of us and so our desire and our prayer is that you would use the gifts that God's given you to serve him and make him known. And the final piece of our strategy is to leverage our lives. So we want to equip you, want to give you opportunities to serve, and then we want to ask you to leverage your life for Jesus. In Matthew chapter 9, it's kind of an important verse to us here at H2O. It's a foundational verse for us here at H2O. And, It says Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he looks at them, and he says, the harvest is plentiful, verse 38, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. See, Jesus is is talking to his disciples. Picture him kind of on a hillside looking out over everything that's going on underneath him, and he says, The harvest is plentiful. There's lots of ministry to be done. There's lots of people who want to hear about me. There's lots of people who want to know me, but the workers are few. There's not that many who've signed up to actually serve me and leverage their lives for me. So when you pray, ask for more workers. Isn't that a great encouragement from Jesus? I don't know how often you spend time praying. I hope it's regularly I know a lot of us, when we pray, we pray, Lord, I pray that this person comes to know you. Lord, Lord I pray for your gospel to go out. And Jesus says, of course, that's great. We need to pray for, for people to come to know him. But Jesus says also, when you pray, don't just pray for people to come to know me. Pray specifically for more workers. Pray specifically that more people would catch the vision for leveraging their life and truly living with a passion to tell people about Jesus. When you pray, that's what I want you to pray for. You know, there's lots of things that you can spend your time, energy, emotions, finances on in this world. There's lots of good causes that that, that we can rally around. But we truly believe that the primary, that the most important calling that every single person who knows Jesus in this life has is to share about him and to make his name known. We believe that the most important calling that we have is to leverage our life for Jesus. That the most important thing that we can give our time, talent, treasure, everything that we have, our energy, our emotions to, is the gospel of Jesus Christ, to make him known. And so our prayer for our church is that as you go, you would live with spiritual eyes on. As you go to class, as you're a BGSU student, that you would be thinking how can i leverage this opportunity that i have right here for jesus as you go to work if you're somebody in the city and you're thinking how can i how can i leverage this moment how can i care for the people that i work with how can i pray for the people that i work with how can i look for opportunities to tell them about jesus no matter where you go that you would leverage your life for him and one of the ways that we've done that as a church and now as a network is we're passionate about planting churches, about sending church plants out to take the gospel to new campuses and to new college towns so that they can hear about Jesus. About 10 to 12 years ago, this was the only H2O that exists. You might have heard us talk about this before. And so we started thinking and praying what would it look like to multiply? What would it look like to send out more workers into the harvest field? Because the harvest is plentiful. It seems like the workers are few. so We started praying, God, would you, would you allow us to be a church that multiplies and, and starts new churches in places that desperately need the gospel. And we believe that college towns are some of the most important places to take the gospel. And so we started about 12 years ago with the H2O network. And in the last 12 years, we've been either able to directly or, or be part of planting 10 different churches with our H2O network. You can see kind of the different flags over there that we've been able to be part of planting. And what a privilege it's been to be able to send out workers into the harvest field. And so this year, 2021, we're going to get to send out another church plant. We're going to get to add another flag up there. We're going to get to plant a church in Athens, Ohio, at the University of Ohio. And uh, I'm so excited for our church to be able to do that. I'm so excited that we're going to all get to do it. And it's going to be all of us together sending that church plant out. And I think it's a beautiful privilege. I was thinking about this. What church gets to plant a church in the middle of all the craziness that we're going through? Most most places just tried to survive the last year, right? And we get to multiply and send out a team to go to Athens, Ohio. Joe Callagher, his wife Sammy, their little one-year-old daughter, are going to be helping to lead that team. We have uh, a team of 10 to 12 different people that are committed now, and they're continuing to form that team, and we cannot wait to see what God is going to do. It's a huge part of this vision of the next year, and, and even in the midst of that, we wanted to just share one of the, the staff couples. It's going to be gone. I wanted uh, you to hear their heart as they're leveraging their life for the Lord and going to Athens, Ohio, so I want you to watch Josh and Natalie's video here.
1: I'm Josh, this is my wife Natalie, and we are part of a team that's going to be planting a brand new uh, H2O church at Ohio University this fall.
2: Um, I've been involved with H2O the first semester, but really second semester of my freshman year is when I started to get um, really involved. And I decided to go on one of our spring break mission trips. Um, It was to Beach Reach, which is when we do evangelism. Um, in the party scene down in Panama City Beach, Florida, and um, going into the trip was mainly just excited to build community. Um, but the Lord did a lot in my heart that week, and um, probably one of the most significant things looking back now that He did was He really broke my heart for the party scene. Um, I got to see just a lot of the the fallout from it as we, you know, met with students who had been maybe left behind by friends or had been you know, going through a lot leading up to that week. Um, But as we got to hear their stories um, and share with them about the gospel, I got to see just how much brokenness um, is there, whether they're having the time of their life or whether it's the worst week of their life, there's still this like brokenness and aching um, for something more. Um, And so as we came home from that trip, my heart really just started to um, see how much need there is um, for there to be a voice in the gospel um, in that scene and with students who are really involved with it.
1: And I know with my story and with uh, my experiences with H2O, there were a lot of things that happened over my four years at Bowling Green that really stirred my heart for going to church plant um, and church plant at Ohio University for that matter. And I had the chance to help lead a small group that was for education majors for um, about three years, from my sophomore year to my senior year. Um, but even by the time I had gotten to my senior year um, at Bowling Green, um, I had a, a, a small chunk of uh, freshman guys who were really, really awesome and really eager to grow in their relationship with the Lord. And we developed like a really awesome um, friendship together. And I think just through those experiences, they were each at uh, a unique area where they were trying to understand what it meant to uh, be a college student. And also, you know, what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? And uh, they also just wanted to understand what being a part of a godly community and godly relationships looked like. And so, uh, and also just having additional questions about scripture and the Bible. And so it was great to be able to walk through those kinds of things with them realize that college is just a very vulnerable place um, for so many students, myself, those guys, I had the chance to get in contact with and just so many others. And so uh, we see a lot of needs for church planning on college campuses and we're excited to to do this at OU. The one thing that had really um, helped me through that decision-making process was having the chance to go down to Athens with Natalie to be able to pray over um, the city and over the campus. And even though we had never had a chance to um, go there as students or really get to know a ton of the people that were down there beforehand that time in prayer in the city really helped us to fall in love with the city and um, come to a realization that you know i think the lord really gave us both uh, a lot of peace of mind um, through praying down there and realizing that hey i think this is where he wants us there's a lot of people in the city that are very passionate um, but there's also a lot of brokenness in the city as well and that really stirred our hearts and yeah just through all of that we really felt that the Lord was calling us to be able to church plant down there and to contribute. um, And however he sees fit,
2: you know, stepping into a church plant prayer really is so important. Um, Even just reading through acts and the early church and the first ways it started. um, It wasn't, you know, necessarily the best programs or structures they had in place that, you know, grew the churches. It was their, you know, their steadfastness in prayer and how much um, they really expected and relied on the Lord to provide, um, whatever they needed to continue to grow and make disciples. And so, um, that is something we're really passionate about as a church plant, And even just thinking about how do we as a church plant really prioritize our time in prayer, um, as an, as individuals and as a team. And so that is something we're super passionate about. And we would love for you guys to join us in prayer too. We really believe it is, um, the most important way that people can partner with us. And so Um, For us specifically, definitely praying through, raising our support, uh, being able to be at a spot that we can really walk into our church plant um, financially um, where we need to be, um, but also just be praying for um, our team and, you know, the unity of it. A lot of church plants can struggle if the team can't, you know, settle conflicts well. And so definitely pray for our team, preparing our hearts for the spiritual battles we're walking into as well as just the relational issues of planning a church be really hard. And so getting good unity, our team would be um, just really united with the same mission and vision um, for our church plant.
1: Um, I think to add on, add on top of that as well, just pray for the students in the city of Athens, as well as the community that's down there. Um, just pray for the relationships that we're going to form with them, um, help us to get into really great gospel conversations with them, get to know them more, to hear their stories, and just allow us the opportunity to share the hope that is within us. Uh, if you guys have any other questions about the OU church plan or anything um, regarding this, Um, please feel free to reach out to Joe Callagher and uh, he'll be happy to give you any uh, contact information that you guys need.
0: You guys can give them a round of applause. I mean, I don't know about you, but I get inspired by seeing young people that have so much to offer give their lives for the gospel, give that portion of their career for the gospel. How awesome is that? You know, they've always talked about this reality that, that our version of success isn't about our seating our capacity, it's about our sending capacity. It's not about how many people we can gather here uh, on a Sunday or gather in services. Of course, that's important to us. We want people to be about worshiping with us, but what's most important to us is our ability to send workers out into the harvest field. And and I'm so thankful that we get to do that this year. I'm so thankful that you get to be a part of it, and so as we close, I just want to ask us all to, to, to own that this year. If you're a part of H2O, to own this church plant. I'm going to give you a couple specific ways you can do that first, and they talked about it, and again, this isn't just lip service. This is a reality. They need prayer. Athens, Ohio, if you've ever been there, um, it's a super cool place. It's an amazing place. It's also a, a dark place spiritually. It truly is. And so there's a lot of ministries and churches that have struggled to make an impact there. And so prayer will be so extremely important for that team. Pray for them. If you have a prayer journal, if you spend time praying consistently, write that in there. And, and we'd ask you to lift that team up. Uh, secondly, uh, maybe some of us need to pray about going on this church plan. Maybe this is an opportunity for you to leverage your life for the gospel. I specifically think about you know, people who are in a transition season. Maybe you're graduating soon. Maybe you're going to grad, grad school sometime soon. Maybe you're, you're in between jobs. I don't know what the situation may be. It could be anything. But, but maybe God would just kind of lay it on your heart to start praying about that. Because they're going to need more people to go. And that may seem like a crazy step of faith, but people have done it, and they've seen amazing things happen as a result of their faith, and, and, and we're going to partner. There's the application process. We're not just going to take anybody who wants to go. It's, it's going to be a spiritually rigorous process, right? And so if that's something that you want to pray about, talk to us. Talk to Joe and the team and see if that's something that God would have you consider. And then third and finally, we're going to ask you to give to this church plant. We're going to ask our, our church to rally around and to give as we send them out. If you're newer to H2O, you know, we actually don't ask for money above and beyond what people normally give all that often, but we feel like this is an opportunity for us as a church. It's not every day that you get to to plant a church, and so we want to put that on your radar right now. I'm not asking you right now. I want to give you uh, some time to think about it, maybe some time to save, maybe some time to pray about it. We're going to do an official send-off for this team in April, but we're going to want to send them in a way so that they're resourced that they're ready to, to hit the ground at Athens and that they can start to share the gospel and they're not burdened by a, a bunch of the financial concerns that come with moving and, and, and getting settled in there and buying new equipment and everything that comes with planning a church. We want them to, to be restored. So we're going to ask our church to give sacrificially as we send this team out to take the gospel to new places. You know, it's, it's so exciting to be part of advancing the gospel, of leveraging our lives, him. We always talk about here at H2O that that we want to send our best. I just want to keep our best or hoard our our, our best, whether that's financially, whether that's even with people, and I don't know what that says about me because I've never been sent out, so um, I guess that speaks something about me, but we want to send our best to the places that we need, and I feel like we're sending an awesome team to take the gospel to a campus that desperately needs it, and I, I hope and I pray that we can all rally around that together this year. I want to close with this. Now, even as we're sharing about leveraging our lives for the gospel, maybe some of us who are here, we haven't actually taken that first step and accepted Jesus. We haven't found Jesus, so to speak, or he hasn't found us, so to speak. And and as you're you're here and you're hearing all this talk about the importance of living your life for Jesus, maybe you haven't even turned your life over to him. And so as we wrap up, I just want to invite you to consider, is this the morning to say yes to him? Is this the morning to say, as I look around the world and I I think about all the things that are important, there's nothing greater than living for God because I want to tell you here today, you need him. You truly do need him. Every single one of us needs him. Every single one of us has sin and brokenness in our life that if it's not remedied, it will separate us from God, both here in this world and for eternity. And so we need to be made right with God and nothing that we do No good deed can allow us to work our way back to God because he is perfect and we will never be perfect. And so the only solution to our sin is a relationship with Jesus, is saying yes to him because he was perfect. He went to the cross, he died for our sins. he defeated death and he rose from the grave and we all have to reckon with our separation from God and our need for a savior. Jesus Christ is that savior. And so if you're here today and you haven't said yes to him, he's waiting. He died so that the sins that you've committed can be forgiven and you can be in a right relationship with him so that you can live on mission for him and you can walk in a relationship with him and you can rest at peace in the midst of a world that is so chaotic. You can know him and know where you stand with the one that truly matters. So if you've never done that, invite you, to, if you came with somebody, to talk to them about that. If you want to come talk to me or one of our staff or one of our pastors, we'd love to ask you to say yes to Jesus so that you can live on mission for him. The greatest joy in life is serving the one who made you and living for him. And our hope and our prayer is that every single one of us would be able to say yes to him as we go in this new year. So let's pray, and then let's spend some time worshiping God together. Lord, we thank you for the power of your word. And we thank you for the beauty of the cross. And as we're here today and we look around our world, we see uncertainty, we see hurt, we see pain, we see brokenness. And yet, Lord, we know you're not surprised by any of it. And so God, as we go into this season, as we enter into 2021, would you help us to be a church that truly does invite people to find and follow you? Lord, would you help every single one of us to live for you? Or as we, we look at a, a world that that is seeking truth, but oftentimes has a hard time finding it, we know you are the way and the truth and the life. Lord, would you help us to, to build our lives on you? Would you help us to, to live for you with everything that we have? God, in the areas that we need to hand over to you, would you convict us of those, and allow us to submit our own wills to you. God, would you help us use our gifts, our talents, our time, our energy for you. And thank you for this family. Lord, we, we want to live united for you. So would you give us that vision, and would you help us to continue to walk with you? We pray all these things in your name. Amen.